The Start On Demand. On demand. lied to get the test. We'll speak to a Winnipegger who has been waiting now for seven days for the results of his COVID-19 test, but he revealed to us in the beginning of our chat that he lied so he could get the test. We'll also hear from a professor in England who puts it into clear and calm and yet startling terms as to how coronavirus is different from the regular flu and why it is so important to avoid overwhelming our healthcare system. And with many of us working from home, and now having to teach at home, we'll talk about some of the apps, the tech, the habits, life hacks that we just simply cannot go without. And we'll get some suggestions from our friend Susie Parker, who's got a couple of great apps you might want to check out. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb, and this is the Monday, March 23rd podcast for The Start. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Text message at 204-780-6868 that came in at 5.59 a.m. So hopefully this person is listening right now. There are two questions in this text. One of them, is CJOV operating from downtown now or is that delayed? We do remain at Polo Park for now. And the second question, are you guys working from home now? I am in studio Jeff Fortier, technical producer, is in the control room. Kelly Moore is at the sports desk, but Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb are at home. Mackling, you, you're you on the line, right? I am right here. Hopefully you can hear me okay, Brett. Loud and clear, buddy. McNabb is having some issues connecting to uh, tap in with us, so once we get that figured out, uh, we'll bring in McNabb, Jeff Braun working from home as well. A whole bunch of us uh, here at the radio station and over at Global TV are now working at home. And uh, Greg, are you, not to make light of this situation, but mm. have, are you have, are you going stir crazy yet? No, you know, I'm really not. Uh, we'd had a pretty good weekend. I did my best to limit the amount of time that I was watching television news. I, I didn't go on to Twitter a whole bunch. Spent a lot of time with the kids. Uh, did some chores around here, watched some really silly movies, and don't ask me what I watched because I could probably not even remember half of them. I would take uh, the odd office break, you know, uh, episode or three of The Office with the boys, that's their favorite show, and just have a good laugh every once in a while to to not break up the monotony, but to, just to keep your mind off of all the serious things that are going on. I, I think that's critical as well because I, I found myself the, the first two weeks of, of this crisis really heightening when, when things moved from China to Europe. Uh, it, it was consuming me and, and I'll be honest, it was consuming me for weeks before that as well. Yeah, I remember, I think it was two months ago you spotted a tweet from Charles Adler who said, uh, I don't want to raise an alarm, but this could turn out to be the story of the year and I think uh, that it's going to be the story of the decade, quite frankly. So you've been on top of this right from the start. For me yesterday, I, in, in order to break the monotony and try to figure out how do I maintain my fitness, because I've been going to the gym fairly regularly, like two, for me, two, three times, regularly for me, two, three times a week. Well, which that's is, good, man. Well, and it's more than I've done in years, right? I haven't been to the gym for, I think I took like a seven-year sabbatical from the <laughs> gym, and I've finally been going back to the gym somewhat since September, and now they're all closed, including the one in my apartment building. So I thought, what can I do to exercise? And then, I i mean, I went for a walk Saturday. I went for a walk Sunday. And then I thought, well, I live in a high-rise that has 26 floors. So Come I, on. So I could try to hike the stairs. Uh, so I did. I, I And it was funny, too. I got to the 26th floor, and I thought, oh, finally, I made it. Uh and then I looked, and there was there were more stairs. <laughs> Turns out there was just one more flight. It was one flight to the top. I guess it was access to the roof or whatever. But uh, I thought, oh, I made it. No, there's one more floor. 
I hate those moving targets. Oh man, but I, I so that's that's something that I can try to do now. Oh, good for you. How long did it take you? Did you time it out? It was like it took like five minutes. I think it maybe not even that. I think I made it to the top in in under one song. I played the man by the Killers. I, I figured that it'll help motivate me <laughs> to have a song that's saying I'm the man. Who's the man? I'm the man. <laughs> I'm trying to climb these stairs without having a heart attack. I'm very impressed, Brett McGarry. Yeah, well, well done. Thank you, thank you very much. Although there, there is a possibility that I will end up passing out in a stairwell at some point while I continue this. Did you make it out to any grocery stores or anything like that? No, sir. Uh, locked it down pretty tight here. Uh, we were fortunate enough. We were we've been kind of ramping up the the groceries in the freezer and and different things for the last couple of weeks. So we managed not to really have to go anywhere at all this weekend. I'll tell you who's loving this. It's the dogs. And if so, if you're a a fur parent right now, your animals are absolutely loving having you home because the dogs are getting about four walks a day right now. They think this is uh, the the best thing. Although I think Whiskey is a little uncomfortable. He's used to being top dog in the house for a few hours every day. Mm-hmm. But now he realizes that uh, his his behaviors are under constant observation. As the puppy, he was trying to take over from Abby as queen of the house. And uh, yeah, now he gets called out on all of his uh, all of his bad behaviors. So. <laughs> all of his shenanigans. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there are plenty of shenanigans, Brett. <laughs> well, I, w- I made it to... I had to go to a couple places over the weekend. To, yet, Like yesterday, I looked in my fridge and realized I have nothing. So mm-hmm. I had to go to Safeway because I needed to buy stuff so that I can make my big salads. And uh, I needed some pop and I needed some milk. And uh, I was impressed with how orderly people have adapted to this situation. Like the, the lineup, every lineup uh, for cashiers at Safeway in Osborne Village, they had these X's on the ground. They, they put down tape. So where you stand on this X, you stand Marbles. on that X. And everybody was falling in the line. The lineups, of course, looked way longer because people are now having to stretch out six feet apart. But no one seemed to be complaining. There was no pushing, no shoving. I didn't see any cantankerous behavior. I did see toilet paper. A toilet paper sighting for the first time in a week. <laughs> was there was there a spotlight on that aisle? Was there the, the, there was a generous amount available, Brett? It looked like it. It was a it was a sort of piled up in the back of the store, and almost everybody in the store had one under their arm. I didn't get any because I'm good for now, so I'm I'll I'll wait until I need to get some. And if I get really desperate, I can go to my dad's because he shops at Costco, so he's probably got a thousand rolls of toilet paper at home. <laughs> but. Uh, uh, yeah, it looked like it. I'm sure it was would have been gone. I went, I think, at five o'clock, and I'm sure that toilet paper will have been gone by six p.m. And we have a text message from Lauren here, who says, "Right now, the thing I can't live without." is my 680 CJOB radio station. Mm-hmm. Keep reminding us every day what to do. Six feet apart, wash your hands, purchase some limits, do not go out. Keep telling the public what to do. Put it on a loop, put it on a loop. Thank you very much, <laughs> Lauren. And I am hearing the voice of Lauren. Yes, and the person I can't live without, and I'm not naming tech, I'm naming John Wall, our engineer, because that's two mornings in a row I've had to wake that poor guy up. To, to which today I learned, guys, there's a button on this box that I've been sent home with called the Wiz button for Wizard, I'm guessing. So, uh, you know, I'm learning every day how to do technology. Why are they right? letting you touch it? I, he told me that. He said, is there a Wiz <laughs> button let- on there? And I was like, I don't know. What do you mean? <laughs> he's like, it's number three. You know, he's trying to read my mind. I'm I'm smashing things. Like, God bless those people, honestly. Yeah, yeah. We we I've, I've said this before. We would all, not just us here at CJOB, <laughs> but everyone in this building at our sibling stations, Power 97, Peggy at 99.1, we would all be dead in the water if not for the efforts of those three. They keep this building running. And if they were to leave, then we would, we, I would just, that that's it. I guess it's time to go home because it's all going to fall apart. So that's coming up in our next segment, and you can text us more tips and tricks at 204-780-6868. But now, Loren, uh, we continue to look at how many people have been affected by COVID-19 in Italy. 
Yeah, and the numbers are really just startling. As of yesterday, more than 53,000 Italians have been confirmed to have had the coronavirus. Almost 5,000 have lost their lives to COVID-19 in Italy and almost 800 on Saturday alone. That total is more deaths than we saw in China, Greg. Yeah, we're entering a third full week of a countrywide shutdown, something the Italian government is calling a shelter-in-place order that was issued on March 11th. Davide Ortoland is our unofficial Italian correspondent, and Davide joins us. Good morning, Davide. How are you today? Good morning. I'm good, thank you. A little bit bored, but good, thank you. Yeah, this is the third consecutive Monday that we've spoken to you at this very time. And Davide's in Treviso, that's in northeastern Italy. And how are things going overall for you and your family outside of the boredom issue? Uh, well, I can I can say that things could be better. Uh, last week has been the, the worst up to now, considering the huge amount of infections and thousands of victims. And I think that the, the worst thing in this situation is the, the constant uh, anxiety. I mean, every day we, we wake up and the first thing that uh, we check out the news, hoping it's a good change. Now, fortunately, I can do some uh, university activities. So that helped me to distract from this situation for, for some hours. Loren? How have people reacted to the increasing numbers of people infected? You know, you, you mentioned the boredom, and there's certainly a lifestyle change, a huge lifestyle change. But when you hear those totals come in, what's going through your head, Davide, mm-hmm. in terms of just trying to keep calm when you hear those kinds of numbers? Yeah, well, I, I think that the mood of people has a little bit changed with respect to last week, because last week people uh, had a more fighting, uh, I would say, spirit, uh, almost every evening there was flash mob singing all together and so on. But this week, um, see, I said, like, like I said, has been the, the worst one. And every day the number of me- victims uh, was bigger than the day before. So the, the people are, I think, a little bit losing the hope. But uh, uh, also because we cannot do something active to fight this virus, but we can only stay at home. So the, the mood is not like the, the mood of the, the last week. What other measures has the government taken there since we spoke to you last week, Davide? Yeah, the measures are almost the same. Now there are only, I think, 100 activities that can stay open as pharmacies, supermarkets, and the ones related to food transportation. But I'm, I'm happy to say that now there are more, much more uh, police, uh, police checks that helps to, to avoid people to move together or move for non-necessary reasons. So I think that now it is, it is not about to introduce new measures, but it, it is to respect perfectly the actual ones, which means to, to go out alone and only if it is uh, necessary. Davide, did you somewhat expect, uh, I, I, I can only imagine that you were hopeful that all these measures that had been imposed and people for the most part seem to be respecting uh, would result in lower numbers, not not these dramatically higher numbers. It's, it's, uh, that's got to be difficult to, to wrap your head around. Yeah, I, I think that all, all these measures are are not exaggerated that can can help to to lower the the number of victims the number of victims uh, is high but i think it would be higher without this, these measures so we were talking today davide about how you know we're just adjusting here in canada to this whole concept of keeping our distance and not going out unless we absolutely have to for you what's the thing that's helped you sort of keep connected are you using technology a lot to reach out to friends or family i mean how are you still keeping social without not being allowed to be social at all yes uh, fortunately i think that finally technology can can really help in this in this moment because uh, i i can uh, i can uh, do my uh, university classes by using uh, uh, my my personal computer. I can do some Skype video call uh, with my friends. So uh, I'm, I'm using a lot of technology uh, to to stay social because we are only uh, alone in the, in our home. So thank you to to the technology. Davide, one of the examples of uh, the headlines relating to Italy comes from the Guardian. It reads, Italy struggled to convince citizens of coronavirus crisis. What can Europe learn? When the coronavirus first started to creep into Italy, how did you react? Like, did you take it seriously or did it take you a little while to kind of realize 
just how serious things were? Yeah, I, I think that in in a first moment, uh, I was not taking it uh, seriously because uh, um, the virus was only in China, that is uh, so far from from here, and I, I thought that uh, it was it would be resolved in uh, in, in some weeks, but. Uh, after one week and and two weeks, I understood that the virus was more serious than that what I thought. That so I I I, I have to say that uh, everyone uh, should uh, uh, understand that the virus is a, a serious a serious uh, thing. So not uh, undervaluate uh, the risk. I think that's good advice. Davide, thank you for this, and uh, condolences and our heartfelt uh, caring and support uh, from over here. We appreciate you keeping us in touch from from inside of Italy. Uh, It means a lot to us. No problem. It was a pleasure. Goodbye. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Mackling and McNabb are at home. McGarry and Moore are in studio. <laughs> Kelly Moore is here. Jeff Forte. Do we have Jeff Braun as well, Mr. Forte? I believe we do. Hello there, Jeff. Hello. What's up? Yeah, <laughs> Jeff Braun working from home as well. So listen, at 737, we're going to talk to Susie Parker from Sparker Strategies, uh, Sparker Strategy Group, on tips and tricks on working from home, teaching from home, the the apps, the tech to help you stay on top of things and as well, stay connected and stay sane. So if you've got any suggestions at 204-780-6868, would love to hear from you guys. Why don't we start with you, McNabb? I mean, you've been working at home for a couple of days now. What would you suggest? Well, I, we on Friday, I had my very first, it's not that I haven't had FaceTime conversations before. Obviously, we do quite a bit of that because I have family all over the place. But I had three different meetups with uh, girlfriends of mine, uh, you know, where they texted and said, do you want to have a glass of wine together? And then we met up over FaceTime. Not going to lie, by the third friend and third glass of wine, that might have been too much. But the technology was nice because I thought, okay, it's not the same. I'd love to, I'm I'm a hugger, right? It's going to be really hard for me to go without uh, hugging friends and that kind of thing. But it was really nice to see their face, connect, like see a bit of their worry, you know, have some laughs and and have that kind of infection spread that way in terms of the, the, the social infection that you want, right? You're missing that. And so... I, I will say that going forward, that was, that's going to be pretty huge for me because it will get pretty lonely otherwise. Third glass of wine was too much. That sounds like a, <laughs> that just sounds like a warm-up for me. Brett, <laughs> <laughs> it's just too much when you're like facing each other and you're, you know you see each other's face expressions. You're like, can we just go back to audio now? And <laughs> feeling like too much is going uh, on here. Yeah, you know? and, and there are glasses of wine and then there are pails of wine too. So it all depends. <laughs> <laughs> Lorenz drinking out of Big Carl from Cougar Town. Uh, Jeff Braun, why don't we turn to you next? You've been at home a couple of days now as well. Yeah, so far the best part is not having to be hugged by Loren. <laughs> I know you don't mean that. I will say I am enjoying drinking coffee out of my Bruce Springsteen coffee mug and drinking my home coffee and not the swill they feed us at work so that's been the highlight so far for real (laughs) coffee at home i'm I'm drinking the coffee from here and i i just don't get the the swill part of it because it's it's not bad but anyway what about you kelly do you have a life hack facetime yeah facetime is uh is so important our youngest daughter and uh her her little boy just turned uh eight months old i think it was uh on the, the 19th anyway so and Friday we we were just sitting and uh, and my wife was having a glass of wine and uh, all of a sudden we get the phone rings and it's our daughter and uh, little Wells and there and it was a beautiful day in Kamloops and so the sun was shining on him he's outside playing and that and that was about as therapeutic as anything that I had uh, had been able to experience over the last uh, few days. GMAC. We had to have a business meeting on Saturday morning, uh, one of the ventures I'm involved in, and I'd never been on Zoom meeting before. Mm. Oh my gosh, this is incredible technology, and I don't think you need to be a business in order to utilize it. You can have a conference call, a video conference call. It works best on your laptop computer or on your desktop, and we had three of us on the meeting at once, but I think you can have up to a dozen people 
on a on a call you can share documents with one another it is really good on that side in terms of making you feel as though that you, you had a, a genuine interaction if you have to get together with uh, business partners or, or uh, people that uh, work with you or for you and then the facetime i gotta i gotta give a shout out to my buddy scott in san diego we did a oh, facetime yeah. we did a facetime uh conversation last night and for those that don't know scott he's uh the san Diegan, who has adopted Winnipeg as his second home, essentially, and his son Gregory deals with all sorts of things. He's nonverbal, but when he saw uh, my face and and those of my boys and my wife, his face just lit up mm. yesterday about five thirty their time, seven thirty our time, and it really really made the day so just that ability to to have an impact on somebody else and to have them uh, give it right back is uh, just overwhelming forte i actually i brought out on uh, saturday the xbox 360 I'm oh not, yeah yeah i'm not much Ooh. of a gamer but i was actually playing the original halo so uh you know past the time i i didn't leave my apartment only once only left once on saturday to go for a walk but uh yeah gaming it uh watched a little netflix Hung out on the couch. It was good. Video games. That's a great idea. Yeah, I've got, I still have my original Nintendo Entertainment System. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh, old school. Yeah, so I should break that out. Uh, Jeff Braun, by the way, how many? How much television did you watch over the weekend? I watched enough that I actually turned it off because I was sick of it. Oh, my God. That <laughs> is wow. a lot. For Because Jeff Braun watches more TV or can watch more TV than anybody I know. Were you watching, like, all Frasier reruns or what were you doing? I watched several Frasier reruns, also some Seinfeld and Friends. I watched a movie uh, starring Julia Roberts called Sleeping with the Enemy I'd never seen before. And I was also under the impression it was romantic comedy, which it is not. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> romantic thriller, I think. The first 15 minutes were horrifying. I almost had to turn it off, and I was like, oh, she'll get out of this somehow. Let's see what happens. Well, I think I, I was trying to think of apps that I use that that I rely on constantly. And outside of my calendar, there was nothing too exciting. But there is one app that I know I will be relying on a lot more in the coming weeks, and that's the third-party delivery apps like Skip the Dishes because I want to look to, you know, A, uh, feed myself in tasty ways, but B, find local restaurants that I can help support that are still offering takeout. And by the way, at 837, we have a $50 gift certificate up for grabs for Skip the Dishes. So stand by for your cue to call for that uh, over the weekend. Uh, I, I know that we, we talked to Joe Aiello on Thursday uh, about his restaurant, Frankie's. He's working on getting that up on Skip the Dishes, uh, but wasn't up over the weekend. I got some takeout, and I just went down there and picked it up. But uh, if you have any suggestions, 204-780-6868. Another thing, too, is even with the apps that we have, you can use them in ways that you might not normally think. Like, we're in this group chat on WhatsApp, Greg and Loren. Mm -hmm. You can record voice on that like instead of typing something out if you really want to say something you can just record it and send that in and i think a lot of other apps have that uh, capability like instagram you can do that there's an app called voxer where i think you send voice texts rather than type it out so that way you can you can have a conversation without actually having a conversation so to speak if you just want to barf out a quick thought and then send it off and away you go you're gonna wish you had never told me that i'm recording something right now (laughs) do it before the third glass of wine, McNabb. <laughs> I would actually prefer you do it after the, uh, the fourth glass. <laughs> Concur. It's Friday Concur. night, guys. Come on, it's Monday morning. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, and guys, i got to ask you a question, and I think I know the answer to this, so I'm almost ashamed to ask it, but I'm going to ask you nonetheless. Next week, I have an appointment scheduled for a haircut. Do I go to that? Nay. No. Yeah, like what? Do, do any? Do either of you have a Floby? It's funny that you mentioned that. I just brought that up the other day, but maybe I need to go online and find some old school Floby to get everybody's hair done. No, I don't know what salons are doing. I know some of them have stayed open, some have chosen to close, but that's putting you in a range of being in someone's company for far too long. If it's supposed to be just minutes within two meters, then I would say uh, haircuts have to be one of those things we all have to reconsider. And Brett, I'm I'm wondering if you'd be prepared to uh, pay your barber for not getting a haircut. To pay my what, like to to go and pay him 
even though I'm not getting the service? Yep, pay him somehow so that he can keep his doors open and so he can continue to operate when this is all with when this is all said and done. Yeah, I guess I'd be willing to do that. I mean, I usually throw him a five dollar tip anyway. Um, but uh, I suppose, yeah, and I, I've been meaning to check. I know my dad got a haircut a couple of weeks ago, but uh, I don't know if the shop's even going to be open next week at uh, Tony's Barbershop over on Regent in Transcona. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll have to give him a call today, I guess, to find out what's going on there. Uh, but yeah, I was just curious, and I, I, I guess I didn't. You, you both very quickly said no. <laughs> I, 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 deep down, I, I know I shouldn't go, but uh, the idea of my of letting my hair grow out for God knows how long is kind of scary. And and I you realized must have some clippers. I have some clippers, but I, I'd be reluctant to try it myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the fun, Brett. I honestly was just joking with uh, some friends on Friday during one of my FaceTime chats with them saying, everyone's going to learn everyone's true hair color real quick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. <laughs> Happening in my house right now. <laughs> Mackling McGarry and McNabb turns out if I want to get my hands on a Floby, listener Jeff has pointed <laughs> us out to eBay where you can spend as little as $47 and as much as $208 what? for a Floby to cut my hair. Is it like um, gold dipped or something like that? Dipped in gold, Floby? I don't know what this one is. It's, uh, it looks brand new. A hair cutting system with one extra oil bottle. So, yeah. I'm not going to get a Floby. Ho- seem to be holding their value quite nicely i don't remember for sure how much they were when they came out i think they were probably about a hundred dollars or so (laughs) so i would suggest that might have been a decent investment once upon a time yeah maybe we should bring back all sorts of things from the 80s i tried to convince my oh i tried to convince the kids to let me buy them one of those pogo balls yesterday i found one online (laughs) yes the pogo ball we were thinking of all these things to do you know for exercise and we've cleaned out the garage so they can play in there a bit too uh on cooler days because the backyard's still full of snow and you know like what do we have to keep them entertained and obviously we have lots of balls and stuff but i just went online and for whatever reason on amazon a pogo ball popped up and i i was sorely tempted to give it a shot I loved the pogo ball, although I'm sure my parents hated it because inevitably it would pop. I think I went through five pogo balls. Uh, My record was, I think, 600 consecutive bounces on the pogo ball. Wow. Just up and down the street. So. Brett, I think I think I told you about the time that our family piled into the car and we drove to Grand Forks to Target to get my youngest brother a pogo ball. Nice. Back in the mid 1980s, we went to Target, got a pogo ball, went for some delicious Mexican food, came home. I think the round trip was about six and a half hours. <laughs> Just for a pogo ball. <laughs> Just for a pogo ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love the pogo ball. I miss the pogo ball. That's a great idea, Loren. I, I'm now I'm tempted to get a pogo. Ball because we we all got to find creative ways to to stay fit these days so that's great exercise. Let us know 204-780-6868, By the way, if you still have a pogo ball, <laughs> no organized sports, no play dates, no face to face chats. Over the last ten days, the way we do business, the way we socialize, has dramatically changed. As we've been sharing with so many of our listeners, our office buildings at CGOB and so many office buildings downtown and throughout Winnipeg, there's fewer people in them. Many stores have temporarily closed or changed the way they do business. And of course, our kids are at home. And as an aside, well, I I do want to give teachers a huge shout out for working tirelessly last week to send so many of our kids home with packages full with homework and books and things they need to keep working on. The reality is I think so many of us are going to miss that social interaction, Greg. Yeah, so we want to ask, how can technology help? Susie Urjavec-Parker with Sparker Strategy Group is a social media expert, and she's a mom. Maybe we should invert those a little bit. A mom and a social media expert right now, for sure, Susie. Yeah, I'm not sure which one comes first right now. You're right. Yeah, I think I know. Now, hey, I heard you helped your daughter's class have recess on Friday, even though no one was at school. What did you do? How did you make that happen? Yeah, so we have, you know, been using technology to kind of stay in touch and keep these kids connected. And, um, you know, last week, my husband pulled the kids out of school on the last, or sorry, on a, 
uh, Monday, so even before everyone else was done, he's immunocompromised, and we have some family members as well who are. So we just wanted to be extra safe. And uh, my little daughter was, you know, crying to me on Monday night. She said, Mama, I didn't even get a chance to say goodbye to my friends. And it broke my heart. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, we've got to make this happen for these kids. How can we do something to keep them connected? And so there was some news that emerged last week about Zoom and some other video conferencing technology like Microsoft Teams and things like that that are offering their services for free. And I thought, well, all I really need to do to get this going would be all the email addresses of her parents in the class, which we already had. And I sent a note out to them and said, okay, we could do this on Friday if you want. It's no pressure if you want to come. If you don't, that's okay. All I need is your email address. We can agree on a time and let's try it. And it was a tremendous success, I must say. So when you are using this Zoom app, like is it is it easy to, to get into, easy to get going? It was very easy. So right now, um, with the free uh, offer of the software, you have a 40-minute limit, uh, and that's just because they have been bombarded. They said last week, I believe, that they have used 5 billion minutes of video conferencing in the last week, which is unbelievable uh, and probably surpasses any of their previous records just because everyone is working from home right now. So there's a free offer, 40-minute time limit, and you can... I got the kids online, but I'm telling you, I stepped away and these kids figured this thing out in 20 minutes. So if you're working from home and can't figure out your video conferencing, ask your 10-year-old to help you and they'll have it done in no time, I guarantee. (laughs) It's the great shame of it all, but it's so true, Susie. The Zoom is a great idea. What else do you got for tips or just tricks that we might want to employ that make either the parenting right now easier or just working from home easier? So one of the things that we're looking at as well is obviously shared time on computers and things like that. Not everyone has the luxury of all the kids in the house having a computer and they still might have work to do for school. So setting up a schedule about who gets to use the computer or even the Wi-Fi at a certain time might be really smart, Um, especially if you have to work from home or your spouse. There is a bit of a draw on the Wi-Fi. And if you have kids who game, you know, and they're telling you, Mama, I'm lagging in my game because <laughs> you guys are sucking up all the Wi-Fi, it might be smart to use a schedule for that. And one of the other things, too, is even just something as simple as birthday parties. There's going to be a lot of little hearts who won't get to have birthday parties with their friends this year. So I highly encourage you to do something like a Zoom birthday party or a Facebook Live birthday party with your friends and family that you invite to a specific um, event on the Facebook that can be private, does not have to be public at all, but it's going to be seeing each other's faces, hearing each other's voices, and getting together even virtually that will help save our sanity in this time for sure. I think it was Forche mentioned she bro- he broke out the Xbox 360, and my boys are fortunate enough to have the Xbox Live, and so they've been playing interactive games. You know, they're they have the ability to to chat with the people that they're playing with outside of the house, and so that that's really awesome. Normally we hammer on this technology as being distancing and allowing kids to be apart from us but this is really giving them that opportunity to stay connected with with people that are important to them Susie. I think I agree and I think you know like our our attitudes towards technology have kind of flipped in the last week or so Mm. because it really is all these kids have so I mean for your older kids there's a Google Chrome extension that they can use which is called Netflix Party so all their friends can get together start watching a Netflix movie all at the same time if someone has to go to the bathroom or get a snack someone can pause it it pauses it throughout the entire series for everyone who's watching those kind of things will keep the kids you know happy somewhat and sane because there's no way that they're going to a play date or going over to spend time with people. Yeah, Facebook has uh, watch parties as well for certain things if you want to watch some sort of a streaming event. What about for, you got any suggestions for apps maybe for parents who are having to, to help out more with teaching their kids? Yeah, so a couple of apps that have also opened up their um, their platform for free, which is Scholastic. So Scholastic Canada has a huge um, uh, vault of all kinds of information and educational tools that kids can use and parents can use. So you can go to their site, Scholastic Canada, and find that there. Khan Academy, which is another great tool, which covers everything from science to math to physics to all of those kind of heavier subjects that maybe parents are not so good at, that Khan Academy is now open as well, and parents can use that to reference with their kids whatever schoolwork they may have at home. It's an invaluable resource. Is there a bit of an opportunity here before we let you go, Susie? You know, we're trying to figure out the positive as we move our way through this. This is going to be a big um, learning curve for many people, but also an opportunity for businesses or companies to say, hey, what wasn't I doing well online or with technology or apps before that I need to step up my game on? 
Uh, agree. If your if your business has kind of lagged in terms of getting documents and and um, and infrastructure into the cloud, now is the time that you're really going to see where you fell behind. And it's a great time. I know your IT departments are super stressed right now, but it's a great time to kind of release the reins of control a little bit. Let those supervisors, let those managers, let those directors do whatever they need to do to keep their teams moving and functioning, and move those things to the cloud. And if it's free software or if there are other tools that they can use that they've already used in their private life, perhaps, can they translate those tools into work life and make it easier for everybody to connect and still get work done? Susie Urjavec-Parker with Sparker Strategy Group. She is a mom, she's a social media expert, and she's our pal. Joining us live once again on CJOB. Susie, thank you for this. Thanks so much, everyone. Stay safe. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And Mackling, uh, you and I, I think, probably saw this video at the same time on Twitter this morning because I watched it, and then five minutes later, (laughs) you shared the same video in our group chat. Yeah, no question about it, and I think it's catching a lot of folks' attention, you guys. Intensive care specialist Professor Hugh Montgomery, and he explains why this coronavirus is so very different from the ordinary flu. Normal flu, if I get that, I'm going to infect on average about 1.3, 1.4 people, okay, if there was such a division. Yeah. And if those 1.3, 1.4 people gave it to the next lot, that's the second time it gets passed on. By the time that's happened 10 times... I've been responsible for about 14, one, four cases of flu. This coronavirus is very, very infectious, so every person passes it to three. Now, that doesn't sound like much of a difference, but if each of those three passes it to three, and that happens at 10 layers, I have been responsible for infecting 59,000 people. Now... I actually wasn't on top of that maths right. <laughs> when you were doing that. Okay, that, that did come as a shock, yeah. Right. Now, most people are going to feel a bit pokey or not very pokey and be just fine, but they will have spread, a, spread it around. And a few will get sick at about day 10 of their illness. So they will need to come to a hospital. And when they're in a hospital, they will consume resources and time and people will look after them quite rightly and they will be monitored to see if they become really, really sick. Those people then come to an intensive care unit, and that's where, if you're critically ill, your life gets saved or not. And this is the issue. If we've got a limited resource, which we have, a limited number of ventilators, a limited number of doctors, a limited number of nurses, which is fine, because we can't run ourselves with a huge excess capacity all the time. If we overwhelm that, we can't provide that service of caring for these people properly. This isn't the end of the world, is it? No, we've got to remember that this is... I'm not not going to play it down. It's going to be ugly, it's going to be horrible for a large number of people, but it will be a small number of people who get properly sick and a smaller percentage of those, again, that need to come to an intensive care unit. And we can save the lives of a large number of those people too. But please, just remember that the best chance we can give for the people who do fall ill is if we've got enough beds and enough staff and enough kit to be able to be there for you. And if you are irresponsible enough to think that you don't mind if you get the flu, remember it's not about you, it's about everybody else. Hugh Edward Montgomery is an English professor and the director of the UCL Institute for Human Health and Performance at University College London. And he was speaking with Channel 4, which is based in the UK, and their documentary show, Dispatches. And that's where that video came from. We've linked it to our 680CJOB Instagram story, if you would like to see it. Uh, But I like that he put it into simple and plain terms. He said, look, most of us who get it, Many of us who get it, you might feel kind of crappy. Some of us are going to get really sick, and it's just about preventing that from happening at all so the system doesn't get overrun. Uh, otherwise, right. more people are going to die. And we heard just last week that 85% of our critical care beds in Winnipeg are already being used, and that number can change at any given time, but they're already being used, uh, a vast majority of them, for other illnesses, right? And so we don't want to get to the point where we don't have that space. I love it when people keep saying it's not about you. It isn't. It's about someone else in your life. 
No question about it. It might be someone that that you know and love. It might be someone that you never, ever meet. But the effect that you can potentially have on the well-being of others in our community. And, I, you know, uh, harken back to the message that we shared during the St. Boniface Hospital and all the different hospital lotteries. It, it, it's about thinking about the future and, and making sure that the resources are there when we want them uh, and like i said not necessarily for ourselves but those that we care about and 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 that's what this whole idea of flattening the curve is it's it's making sure that those who get critically ill have the resources have the individuals to care for them have the hospital bed have the technology have the ventilator available when they need it Mackling, McGarry and McNabb, yesterday's update on COVID-19 from the Manitoba government announced one new case of the virus, bringing Manitoba's total number to 20. Yeah, the latest case is a Winnipeg man in his 40s. Most all the cases that we know of so far are related to travel. And, and we know the province has expanded the number of testing sites through Man- out Manitoba. They've added drive-through testing at at least three locations. And they are testing hundreds of Manitobans every single day. But we also know that there is some concern about how long it's taking to get those tests processed and the results back to those who have met the criteria to have that test in the first place, Greg. Yeah, we're hearing about shortages in uh, reagents, which is what's needed to complete the test within the different laboratories, uh, one in particular. And so that may be slowing things down. Now, Saturday, I was e-introduced to someone, a friend of a friend, who was tested for COVID-19 and he's still waiting for his results. He's agreed to join us with the understanding that we keep his identity confidential. And Brett, we've agreed to do that. That's right. And our guest joins us now live on 680 CJOB. Good morning to you. Hey, good morning. So to clarify, you got your test last Monday, so a week ago today, and you haven't received your results? Yeah, still waiting patiently. So why did you qualify for a test in the first place? Uh, I lied. I, um, I, I definitely <clears throat> I definitely did some traveling. Uh, it wasn't internationally, though. So um, to do the right thing for my family, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, to do the right thing for my family, I, I made the decision to tell a bit of a fib to, to get in. It's probably not the best thing to be advertising, but um, to get the answers that I needed, it was, it was the right call for me at the time. I told them that I was flying internationally, and and that uh, that's what I kind of had to do. In truth, were you were you coming from another part of the country or just another part of the province? Because we do know there has been at least one case that they think might be have be linked to travel to just BC. So the interprovincial stuff is weighing heavily on people I know as well. Was it was that the case, or was it more just your symptoms and your concern? Yeah, I flew into Vancouver for uh, for a business trip um, on February twenty eighth and flew back on, on March 4th. Um, and unbeknownst to me, on March 3rd, um, there was a certified uh, case of C-19 on my plane, so of course that's worrisome as well. Um, I started showing symptoms uh, on the 11th. So it's been, it's been quite a journey. I've been in self-isolation since the, um, since the 12th of March. So there'll be some people who uh, obviously will be upset with you for the avenue that you, you took to, to get this test, but it, it doesn't change the fact that you've been waiting seven days for the results of this test. How are you feeling and and what else, you know, obviously besides just not getting the results to this point, what, what has you concerned about not receiving the, the results? Um it's it's worrisome that that a lot of people, especially in Italy and, and, and other um, places, are uh, no one's showing symptoms. Um, sorry, sorry, a lot of people aren't showing symptoms uh, that have the virus. So uh, I myself, in regards to health, I think I'm through the through the thick of it all. Um, pretty much just a, a, a stuffy nose uh, and, and a lingering cough uh, is kind of all I have left. Uh, it was a very severe, very heavy uh, flu-like um, situation a week ago, uh, and I'm, I'm pretty much through it now. Um, but it's, it's, I mean, seven, seven days is, is tough. I'm definitely not throwing the, the people who are working so hard under the bus 
uh, trying to get us these results. I know that they're swamped. They're 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 exceptionally busy. Um, but I mean, if if it means opening up more laboratories or, or whatever it needs, uh, seven days is a bit long. And who knows? It might take another two to three days to get these results. Last week, Global News spoke with somebody who got the test and said that it felt kind of like tickling his brain. What what did the test feel like when it was administered? Yeah, they they take a um, a swab. It's, it looks to be about eight inches long, and they they push it slowly into your nasal canal, uh, about five to six inches. Um, they do a few turns and then they pull it out. Uh, so it's definitely not the most pleasant. Uh, test that I've been through. And how do you understand it that they'll, they'll let you know? Will they, just is it a phone call? Like, how will this go if you are positive or negative? Yeah, they're going to be calling from a private number. Um, so they, they warned me about that. Uh, they'll also be calling whether it's positive or negative. Can I follow up on just, you know, what brought you to the testing in the first place? Because, you know, there might be some people saying, okay, well, you weren't internationally traveling. You shouldn't have qualified for testing. But there's that growing concern now that other countries have been added to the list. You know, the states is part of the equation now. And again, that interprovincial travel. Do you think it's time for us to change the questions that are being asked? Or, or do you think that's fair given just how that will inundate the system with more people wanting to be tested? Yeah, I, th- I think that we should open up the um, the qualifications. I, I read an article on the CBC. Seventy five percent of cases in Italy had zero symptoms, so had they were asymptomatic. Uh, that that could be found online, um, which is a scary stat. The, the government keeps telling us that there is no um, passing of this C nineteen virus from uh, from person to person in our community yet. There's no evidence of it, and of course, if you're not testing. People who haven't done travel, you're not going to find out the numbers that they're telling us. So the, the, uh, the information that they're feeding us is, is, isn't quite accurate, in my opinion. Um, yeah, we, we should broaden, uh, broaden it for sure, especially if you're showing symptoms. I can imagine that you've been uh, locked down at home. What measures have you taken to keep yourself isolated, uh, not only from the general public, but uh, perhaps the rest of your family? Uh, I've been sleeping in the basement. I slept in, the, in my basement. I have a, a six-month-old, um, beautiful daughter, and an absolutely stunning wife. I definitely don't want to get them uh, get them sick, so I've been spending a lot of time in the basement, uh, lots of time in the garage. Um, so that's kind of, um, and of course, I have a very public job, so a lot of handshaking and, and glad handing. Um, uh, so it's it's it's. It's been tough, you know. Of course, you're you're worried about your job as well because if if you can't get out to make um, build relationships and make sales calls, um, you know, I'm, I'm concerned about being laid off. So, I mean, this this story has so many arms to it, right? And uh, you you're you're not currently working, right? Uh, I'm we're currently uh, you know on on a bit of sick leave. I'll, I'll, and. Um, Making sales calls from the telephone, I'll, I'll call it. Email, keeping up on emails. Okay, but you say that you're you're on the mend, uh, regardless of whether or not COVID nineteen is is what you're dealing with. You you say you're starting to feel better. Yeah, absolutely. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> As I start coughing, um, <laughs> it's 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 definitely lingering. Um, but you know, I'm I'm a healthy individual. Uh, typically, it, it takes a lot to get me sick. Um, so it's it's surprising to be sick in the first place for, for myself. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm 90% through the bush here. Okay. Well, uh, when you do eventually find out, please be sure to let us know uh, what your test result is, and hopefully that result comes in soon. Thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate the time. Uh, absolutely. Thanks so much. I, if, you, if I can do one thing, I'd like to thank um, publicly um, a lot of our uh, pubs and restaurants who, who are socially responsible, the owners, who are, who are um, closing their doors just to make sure that C-19 can tr- um, um, travel faster than it, than it, than it already is. Um, they're truly taking care of our communities. Um, places like the King's Head, the New Toad in the Hole, Shannon's Irish Pub, legendary pubs that are closing their doors. Um, and I'd like to shame the people who aren't. 
Well, we're about to talk to someone who so proudly wears his thriftiness like a badge of honor. He calls himself, Greg, the Winnipeg Cheapskate. Yes, we've spoken to him before on this program about great ways to save cash. The Winnipeg Cheap State is here to once again help us be mindful of our money during this time. Maybe offer some tips on how to kill the time in an inexpensive way during your physical distancing and your isolation. Jeremy Radley is the Winnipeg Cheap State. From himself, isolation lounge. Good morning, Jeremy. And just in case you couldn't quite understand that, Greg, I'm going to send you the audio. You, for those who remember Max Headroom, <laughs> uh, <Yes. laughs> that's what you sound like right now. It's pretty cool. So I think Jeff Forte is going to put you down for a moment uh, while we try to get that cleared up. Sounded really neat, though. That was wild. Hey, Jeremy. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. I'm just looking at my flights to see if I was on one of those things. Thanks very much, Lauren. Jeez. <laughs> Well, you know what? You got to keep informed, and it's not to scare anybody. I think it's just to make sure you know you're, you, that you're thinking about where you come from and who you might have been sitting beside, and all sorts of things. But that website's super helpful, and you've got some helpful suggestions. And the first one has to do with one of my favorite topics, and that's food. Because one thing I noticed, even just in the, I guess it's been what four days working from home now, and the kids have been home a little longer than that. We're really going through food like crazy because there's more people in the house all day long. How do we keep some costs down when it comes to what we're putting in our bellies? Okay, well, there's two things that people are doing, right? Either they're stockpiling their groceries, as we've heard, or having food delivery. And so when it comes to filling up your cupboards, the one suggestion that I have is only doing the grocery shopping when you're pretty much running low. And the reason that I do that is because we all have those impulse buys where we get something that we get at home and we think, why did I pick this up? I'd, I would never have this. Well, for me, that's actually punishment then. I'm not allowed to buy any more groceries until I have all of that stuff. And so it really does make you discipline uh, in, in where you spend, how you spend, and what you're buying. Yeah, I only and- I go to the grocery store, uh, and I probably should change this practice, but I usually go to the grocery store three, four times a week just whenever I need something. If I run out of mm-hmm. spinach, for example, I'll go run down and grab some. Yeah, and so this way, it really makes you look at each individual grocery and where you've spent and said, did I really need to spend $4 on that box of whatever it is? And then, okay, well, now, you know what? I don't really want it, but I'm going to have to have it. You might not think of getting it again next time, right? Okay, now we also understand you've got a reward system for yourself. Explain that. Yeah, one of the things that I like to do is, and again, we all have those things that we want, right? Those nice luxury items that we're going to get from Amazon or the next time we're allowed to be in the mall. And what I like to do is say, there's a whole bunch of chores that have to be done in the house right now since we're all at home. You know, the family's all here. I need to clean out the oven. I need the oven cleaner. I need to do it. Well, here's the thing is that I'm not going to order that you know, new accessories, new electronic device until I've done the chore. So it could be relining cupboards. It could be, you know, cleaning the toilet or whatever it is. Well, now I've got something to work for. So now I'm being productive and I'm saving money because do I want the clean oven or do I want the item, which is more important to me, right? And so that I find that that actually saves you money is if you say, no, you can't have that until you do this. It really makes a difference. You know, I used to have a sweatshirt, now that I think of it, with Max Headroom on it. Uh, Greg, uh, Greg Headroom, are you back? I hope I'm back, and hopefully uh, not quite as digitally uh, remastered or remixed as I was just a few minutes ago. Jeremy, good to talk to you. I, I find that I do that with my kids a little bit as well, is, with their electronics time. Uh, they have to do one thing, whether it be a, a, a chore of a certain amount, or they have to read for a certain amount of time in order to get the reward of the time on their personal electronic or on their video games. Can we do something like that maybe with regard to fitness as well as we're trying to keep ourselves moving? Well, that's exactly it, too. And, you know, we've seen the stories about people stockpiling, you know, liquor and all these other different things. So when it comes to fitness, what I like to do is if you're watching uh, a TV show live, during the commercial breaks, get up and walk around the coffee table the entire time. Or use all those canned goods that you're not eating in the cupboard. Uh, Use those as weights. And we've heard a lot of people doing, you know, FaceTime sessions now or just reaching out and connecting with people on the phone. 
walk around your home the entire time that you're doing it. If you've got an upstairs or downstairs, do the stairs. Because in 10 minutes, a 10-minute phone call, you can cover a lot of ground, literally, by walking or pacing through the house while you're doing it. I'm going to start doing that while I'm working from home and you guys can all hear me heavy breathe my way through my questions. <laughs> but, but Jeremy, you know, one of the things that I've heard often over the last few days, and, and I have actually said it myself is, is now is not the time to, um, you know, shortchange myself. Or if I want chips, have chips. You know, these are, these are difficult times and you're, you're giving yourselves all sorts of excuses. And the same thing goes with spending money. But now might be the time, as much as I want to live life to the fullest, especially in what's going on around us, now might not be the time to be spending like crazy or, or living things, you know, doing what we normally would. And I don't mean with social distancing. I mean, just with spending, because we, we really don't know what tomorrow holds with our paychecks, our salaries or our jobs. And so being a little bit more spendthrift right now might be the best advice. Absolutely. And again, you know, we all have items in our houses too, that maybe we got as a gift, right? You know, it gets thrown into a closet somewhere. Now's the time to be either using them or sorting. You know, spring cleaning is something that we could all be doing right now. And absolutely, we don't need to be going out and spending. This is where, like I said, I kind of put those hurdles for myself to obtain something. If I want that new wireless speaker, well, I've got to do something that's going to benefit my home in the meantime. So you're absolutely right. We should be watching where we spend. One more quick thing on food, just if we can talk about uh, food delivery, because there's a ton of commercials right now. If we're going to do it, it's inevitable, likely we're going to be doing it, is if you're ordering the burger or whatever it is, don't have them put cheese or bacon on it, those extra costs that you might incur at the restaurant. If you've got slices of cheese at home in the fridge, well, that's a great way to save $1.25, $1.50 for one slice of cheese if you already have it. Never really thought about that. I, I, I Although I do remember once I asked for... Uh... Oh, I went to Burger King once and I asked for a Whopper cheese and they didn't put cheese on it. So I grumpily sat in the car while my friends ate their food and waited until I got home uh, so I could put cheese on it at uh, three in the morning. In our talk points that you sent us here, Jeremy, uh, one of the notes that you have here is randomness for killing time. And I've been curious about that all morning. What does that mean? Something that people are doing right now is group chats on their phone or and you've probably seen a whole bunch of people doing Instagram live. Well, something that I did over the weekend with a group chat of uh, family and friends is I was watching a bunch of different movies, Uh, you know, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Austin Powers. And what I did was I would pause it, take a picture of the screen and then blast it out to everybody and say, guess the movie. Now, of course, it's not when Austin Powers is on the screen, right? It's maybe a pivotal scene that people would go. What is that from? What is that from? So again, it's just a way to keep in touch and also have some fun with people. Um, And also, too, everybody takes a ton of pictures on their phones all the time. If you have a printer, uh, now's a good time to actually print out some photos and cut them up, make a puzzle and do a fun puzzle. You know, whether it's of the, uh, you know, a group shot of the family or your last vacation. Use your printer, cut it up, do puzzles. And a good chance to uh, clean up some of those photos as well, organize them, get them to where they need to go. Uh, they're collecting digital dust, as uh, one advertiser mentions. Hey, uh, we had some sad news uh, here in Winnipeg over the, the weekend. Uh, David Milgard's mother, uh, Joyce Milgard, passed away. I remember her from the University of Manitoba back in the day being there, uh, carrying the torch for David's cause and to bring awareness. Mm-hmm. But we also lost Kenny Rogers over the weekend, uh, very influential. Uh, country music artist who was uh, extremely popular. I remember the first time he came to Winnipeg uh, as a solo act. It might have been actually with Dolly Parton that he sold out two shows in a row uh, at Winnipeg Arena. That was unheard of back in the day. But you got a chance to meet Kenny Rogers once upon a time. Yeah, outside of being, you know, the Winnipeg uh, penny pincher or nickel, pincher, I guess we can't even call it penny anymore. Uh, I, I host syndicated radio shows in the States. And so Kenny happened to be coming to Winnipeg when I was going to be in Winnipeg. And I had tried for months to get a phone interview with him to help promote the tour that he was on. It was always no, 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 no. And so a few days before the concert in Winnipeg at Club Regent, I reached out again to the publicist and said, you know, could we just do a, a few minutes to promote Winnipeg? And... I was told maybe, and then less than 24 hours before the concert, uh, I got an email that said, you're into the show, 
and you've got an interview with him before the show. I mean, you guys know in radio, a phone interview is one thing, but if you can do in person, you just never would have seen that coming. And uh, so they gave two tickets and they said, you know, you can bring, I thought my mom is one of the biggest fans. She's never met a celebrity before. I meet them all the time. And so she was worried about what's she going to wear? Should I wear a dress? And so we go there, and uh, Kenny does the meet and greet with everybody. And he wasn't feeling very well. He said he was lightheaded. And so they offered him a stool or something in the room. And he said, no, let's go back to the dressing room. And so you know, here I am walking backstage. And, of course, security is sort of looking at me going, who is this guy with Kenny Rogers? And they were all very nice, though. We go into his dressing room. He offers me, you know, do you want something to drink, uh, you know, something to eat? And in, in Radiohead, I sit here going, I want as much interview time as possible, so let's just cut to the chase and, and get to the chat. And he was so welcoming and so hospitable, so genuine. In some, This young guy wants to talk to me about my music. This young guy is taking an interest in my career. And I remember that. And, and again, you know, from interviewing celebrities and things, there can be that whole distance of, you know, oh, I'm just doing the interview circuit because I have to. This is somebody who was very appreciative that, you know, I was spending the time to talk with him. And so that's that's my memory of Kenny. That's really cool, Jeremy. And uh, hey, thanks for sharing that. And thanks for sharing these tips. You gave us some great creative ideas here. Uh, really simple stuff when you think about it, but at the same time ingenious. Uh, so we appreciate that. Absolutely. Stay safe, you guys. Thanks so much. Jeremy Bradley is the Winnipeg cheapskate, joining us live from his self-isolation lounge. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think. And hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global. And on Instagram, at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.